the next episode of Colts and the Cavalcade, the crew, uh, joined by Jessica Olsman, explore the movie known as Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1, on this week's episode. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. What's going on? This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 100. Cinco. This is Jessica's 10th released episode. This is Brandon. This is Trome. And this is my co-host, Cullen. Fun fact. There might be more farts in this than fart the movie. Today we're here to discuss the 2013 film Return to Newcomb High, volume one. Cullen, what happens on Taco Tuesday? When the other students begin to undergo mutations, a lesbian couple must solve the mystery and save Tromaville High School. Return to Newcomb High, colon, volume one, is directed by Lloyd Kaufman and stars Asta Paredes, Catherine Corcoran, Lloyd Kaufman, Clayvon Karlowitz, and Lemmy from Motorhead. So, welcome back to Call Cinema and Cavalcade. It's Trome continuing on. Uh, the This is the penultimate for this year. And uh, still around, I think. Let me let me check. Jessica Osman, you still there? It's Jess. I am here. Hopefully crystal clear. Crystal clear. You're still yeah. here going through these Trome movies with us. But um, before we get into this one, we're not the only ones going through it. Um, we actually had some fun. I want to give a shout out to Amy Taylor, who uh, did the the costuming and uh, makeup stuff, effect stuff for Class of Newcomb High 2 and 3, who uh, reached out to us on Twitter, liking the show, and uh, did some back and forth where she also worked on Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Which We're now best awesome. friends, yes. <laughs> yeah. We can do no wrong. She sent me some <laughs> links to some stuff she provided for that movie to a, a group that was... I had a web page with interviews and behind the scenes footage and stuff. And I've uh, been great talking to you. I hope you keep enjoying the show. I'm glad you're liking it, but that was super awesome. Trome gets better every year. Yeah. So if anyone else who uh, listens to the show is involved in these movies or wants to pretend like they're involved within the movies, that's fine too. Don't be shy. Drop us a line. Drop us a line. Twitter, us. Instagram, Facebook, our email. We'd like to hear from you. But yes, thank you, Amy. Uh, now we set sights. Almost two decades later, for Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1. This was a like Kickstarter movie from Lloyd Kaufman wanting to go back to Newcomb High, which, you know, it's it's funny. Like I, I feel like it, he's going for this title to kind of rebrand trauma for maybe another generation because through the OOs, they kind of disappear. And I, I've noticed with trauma, man, they are still in this internet age kind of underground when you look to like research things about these movies and I stuff know. there's not much there's not a lot of people writing about them it's weird i, I figure like oh it's trauma everyone talks about trauma i think everybody knows about trauma but no one really and we're not we're not the only podcast talking about trauma or people writing but it's not a lot of material it's still very underground and cultish well that's but, because the people that are involved in the movies 
they're not people that really come off as uh, ones to document anything. They're the kind of people that you're lucky if they show up to do their job. <laughs> and that's just kind of who they hire because that's who they can afford. So I don't imagine a lot of documentation about anything they do. And uh, there won't be a documentation until someone decides, I want to write a book. And they decide to hunt all those people down. That's the only way any of this is ever going to get recorded. Unless it's on a, like a Blu-ray extra. That is it. And, you know, they of course, you know, they're very independent and their money depends. So they can't, they typically don't have the rich backing that, you know, a lot of other places have. So this one had to go the crowdfunding route to get done. And apparently it was going to be one movie. I'm not sure on this, but like Lloyd Kaufman shot so much footage. Of course, just, you know, classic trauma. But Quentin Tarantino, of all people, suggested he split it into two volumes because he had so much stuff, which I don't know that how true that is. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Lloyd had a line to Tarantino. That's why we have volume one of volume two. But like volume two next week, we'll talk about that. Didn't get released for like four years. So I don't know if it was... If he had the footage of it, then why didn't it come out sooner if it was crowdfunded? I think they probably changed their mind, shot different stuff. I don't know. We'll find out next week. But here we're we're here for a return volume one, wiping away the sequels, which half and half I'd say we we agree with. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's an overall game. Important. Yeah, two wasn't that important to do that. What I hear when you say that is we listen to all that exposition for nothing. Right. That was just wasted time. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that's billable time we can send to Troma. It's like, right. I'd like my life back, but I'll take the money and compensation. And they'd probably right. send this like a turd in a box or something. And speaking of two and three, the movie we, we first start with a uh, recap, which classic Troma, but this one's told to us by Stan Lee. Greetings from Tromaville. Let me take you back. Back to where it all began, to a small town in New Jersey. Takes us all back to where it began with the first movie, and then when it gets to part two and three, they fast forward through it, which is <laughs> probably appropriate. I laughed. And get this. All of this gets done in two minutes. <laughs> Excelsior! Excelsior! For real. Two minutes. And it's Wait. done. When the recap started, I immediately thought, God, Christ, we're doing this again. <laughs> but then it was so fast. And it was like, actually, like, okay, that tells me enough of that, that this happened. And they fast forward through shit that no one cares about. Like, thank you. That was funny and informative. And it was short. You did it. Hot damn, you learned your lesson. And then the rest of the movie happened. <laughs> Do you think Stan Lee was like, look, we don't have to explain everything. They probably get it if they're watching this. You know what's back and watch it. You know what's funny when they show Stan Lee himself at the end, it looks like they went up to him at a convention and be like, "Hey, could you just read this really quick?" No, and we're gonna film you. Totally, it totally looks like they filmed him at a convention. It was absolutely Lloyd was at the convention. Was like, "Hey, Stan, remember me, your friend?" And Stan's like, "Ah." Yeah, I do, friend. How's it going? Hey, can you read this for me? Anything for a friend. So we read it there in the convention floor. Was it Citizen Toxie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about the sequels, guys, or whatever. This is the real one. Yeah, he does it 
again. And you know it was like because like well the other people reacted so well to the the other time. Let's do it with this again. And we're right. here at the same where we both happen to be at this Arizona convention. So here, read this, please. <laughs> We learn that Trome Organic Foodstuffs, Inc. now resides where the nuclear plant once was. And we get the typical intro overview of a, more, of a typical morning at Newcomb High. But we get the theme song back from the original. That was a, that was a nice warm welcome to have that. Yeah. Well, What's going the, on? Whatever it was. It's the only music they could reuse. So... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't so much like a callback. It was like, you know, it won't cost us that much just to reuse the original music. Huh? They did record like a metal version of it or mm-hmm. punk version yeah. of it. And they didn't use yeah. that till the end credits. And it's awful. <laughs> I'm not, not going to mince words here. They murdered it. It's no good. <laughs> it took a perfectly fun song and then just said, you know what? I'm going to put my own spin on it. But I'd like that spin to be real bad. And boy, how do they did it. Good job, that band. Sorry for the spoiler at the end of the movie, but, you know, <laughs> we're talking about the song. We're, yeah, not, so- we're not Marvel. We're going to make you sit through the whole damn thing to find out what happens during the credits. Right. It's like, this is like four and a half minutes that we join two kids, like, fornicating in the basement of the school. And they wind up covered in goo when a pipe bursts. And then some sort of, like penis creature monster invades their penetration and he bites the guy's dick off which melts into the ground as does the woman he was boating and then a janitor comes in a fat janitor he sits and he reads splooge magazine he checks the scene of like the dead body melted body he goes eh and then we get the title <laughs> definitely I- a mutant penis <laughs> uh i'll say this I laughed when he just shrugged it off. Yeah. I thought that was, that was funny. This was good. chaos. Eh, and then it just stuck. That was, again, good job. Another good joke on your part, boys. I love that he goes, eh, and then the title just slams right on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, we got, we got potential here. I will say, three minutes and 33 seconds into the movie, our first gross fat guy is in the movie. The yeah. principal, he, yeah, he's he's in there. He's they have a montage where we see people. Some will be characters later, some not. But like, yeah, the principal's in there. He's gross. I was saying the 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 janitor guy who comes to read Splooge. He's like the most well kept fat guy we've seen in any trauma movie. <laughs> which may be why we laugh at him when he goes. Eh. Yeah, like, like that guy showers. I can laugh. This yeah, he's got it together. There's a proud tradition of janitors in Tromaville. Right. <laughs> We're on their side. That's clear. At Trove Organic, President Hertzkoff, played by Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, <clears throat> Hertzkoff, get it? <laughs> Comes to inspect and give a, the principal of the high school, in, the fat guy Colin was talking about with the bad hair, to keep his school stocked with his product as fast food places won't take his food anymore. And there's a gag with him grabbing milk instead of a phone and pouring it on himself. You laugh, I guess, there. And then the president's calling him, but he keeps you know, grabbing the milk. And then the president, who's played by Lemmy from Motorhead, who's subtitled, is checking in on things. Yes, Mr. President. How's that charter school? Oh, everything is just going beautifully, beautifully. And what's going on with this rogue student's blog? Fucking students don't write blogs anymore. They just like to fuck. Uh, look, there's, there's always going to... There's always going to be a Zuckerberg in every school. Everything's fine. Taco Tuesday must be a hit. 
<laughs> why is the president of the United States involved in this Tromaville toxic waste food organic? <laughs> what? <laughs> I understand you have access to Lemmy. You put Lemmy in your movie, but what? You couldn't make him an important guy somewhere else? He has to be the president? Maybe we find out more about this in the second one. Ron Jeremy <laughs> wasn't available, so they had to use Lemmy for the president. Is this supposed to be your statement, Lloyd, that the government is in on controlling our food? Is that what's happening, <laughs> Lloyd? Pick a, pick so a lane. Deep. deep. Ooh. I think it was just, we've got Lemmy and a green screen. Let's figure it out later. Imagine, imagine Lloyd Kaufman and, and Neil Breen collaborating to oh, talk about government secrets and talk about exposition in the movie. Oh God! That night we meet Chrissy and this guy named Eugene who bone in a car, but she's apparently having her time of the month. She says as an excuse to bail on him, and so he jerks it in the car to Splooge Magazine in a convertible with the top down, mind you. During this scene, we get to see how characters are introduced in this movie, which is a is a pause while you zoom in on the character and they give some bio data with them. Um, and the Star Spangled Banner plays briefly. <laughs> when I'm watching this, I, I, I felt like this is, this is trauma. But there was another kind of movie it felt like to me. Yeah. Uh, almost more than trouble. It felt like one of the National Lampoon's movies. And I'm not talking vacation. <laughs> I'm not talking Animal House. I'm talking like the OOs and the 90s, late 90s, when they were making these like teen movies. Mm-hmm. It felt that were like just loaded with unfunny jokes and <laughs> and really bad actors and people who knew they were in a comedy, trying to play like they were in a comedy. I, I've sat through, I don't know why, many of them, but um, it also felt like those. The American movies. Pie spinoffs. It's a good fit. Yep, yep, that's a good fit too. That's what I felt like with this. And then there's this Eugene guy who speaks in the third person and is <sighs> just awful. You know what? I like his character, phone. though. I don't know why. Do you, so do you tell me? It's like... Over the top that you end up, it, you hate it that you like it, and I'm like, I'm glad. Like he is like literally screaming as he's masturbating in this convertible. Like you're missing out, you have no idea, and just going at to, uh, going at himself. I appreciate it. Like, like you listen to the guy. Like, are you stabbing your penis? Why are you screaming? <laughs> so you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Stop trying to pull it off, you idiot! <laughs> right. And he is a massive idiot, by the way. Let's make that clear. Yeah. He is someone that when you see them, you think, I can't wait to see them die painfully. It's like someone's like, no, we should make this guy like Steve-O from Jackass. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, Even he though this is 2013. <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. He's just yelling. He, yeah. is, he has one speed. Loud. He's awful. Yeah. Oh, and then, okay, so during those introductions, like I said, I mean, there's some of them, it's like, nah, and then, and then you get the black guy who shows up, and it's like, the black guy, that's his bio. <laughs> right. Slater, black guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so like, his name is Slater as yeah. well. Th- these things, though, those stills are funny at first, like, when they, when they came up, I thought, okay, great, you found a way to put in your stupid little exposition, 
uh, these little character details in your movie and to keep us moving because all the others have all that crazy long voiceover that aren't really that funny. Whereas this, like, these jokes kind of feel funny, or at least an attempt is being made to be entertained. But the thing is, every time anyone is introduced in the movie, the movie just stops for a few seconds, mm-hmm. and then there's this joke. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it just, it's every time. It is, this joke is introduced, what, like five minutes into the movie? They're still making this joke like 40, yeah. 50 minutes into the movie. Yep. It's obscene. Like, Stop this? introducing people to the third act of your fucking movie. Has it come back around yet? Has it come back around yet? No? Okay. Do you guys want Roger to come back and narrate? No, I'll take this. I will take this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, it's always slightly better than just the con. No, no, it's much better than the constant narration. Like I said, they they just can't get rid of information that we don't need. We don't care. Keep moving. I'll move then, Colin, if that's what you're trying to say. Thank you. Um, The next morning, the new girl and uh, also rich girl, Lauren, arrives at school and gets into it with Chrissy almost immediately. And uh, at home that night, she comes home. She plays with her pet duck, Kevin. But during while she's sleeping, Kevin runs away through an open door in the house. (laughs) In the middle of the night, right? Why close doors? Chrissy, we find out, is the blogger behind the... uh, blog smack myself uh we heard about earlier uh, she updates her blog and then says cyber malaise tiredness horniness where is that one site with that chick that looks like angelina jolie and gia jackpot all aboard the skin boat to tuna town and then her aunt walks in on her, and she farts uh, <laughs> as she's getting it's caught masturbating. Farts, right? <laughs> and she gives her that happens, right? <laughs> uh, she gives her some kind of pep talk. I don't know what the aunt's talking about. And then she's like, "Dinner's at seven. It's tuna." So Hilarious. yeah, we get female masturbation. It is graphic. It's, it's not graphic. The sounds are graphic. Yes, they That's are. Because it's what? just her with her hand in her pants. And, and then we just hear. No, this is what it, it sounds like. Chris, she's having diarrhea, but she's mm-hmm. masturbating. That's what it sounds like. Oh, These yeah. It's absurd. Have, it's weird. <laughs> like, hey, I'm no lady, but I've been around them. They don't make those sounds. Not from that right. part of your body. Weird. And then right when she gets interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> and this opens the floodgates for farts in the movie. Uh, I just assumed she finished and farted. Either way, <laughs> I laughed at that time. I was like, really? That's where you want to squeak him in? <laughs> uh, but it's kind of like a bowl of jello down there. It's just so much. That, like just putting your hand, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. You know what you know what that you know what that means, Brandon hmm. and, and Jessica? What's going on? <laughs> At Nukem High. Nukem High. Volume one. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next morning, Lauren wakes up, rolls out of bed, and farts. <laughs> she literally farts her way out of bed. She li- she turns her body, fart, lifts her body, fart. Mm-hmm. As as if the gas propels her her thin body out of bed. Just 
Why? 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 <laughs> so she goes to find Kevin. He's gone. Uh, we meet uh, them meet quickly. It's important. We meet the Tromboville Glee Club. They're practicing. And then it is Taco Tuesday at school, and we and the principal warns the students over the PA that the blog information is all bogus. And we see a, maybe one of my favorite characters in the movie, which is the, um, I think he's like the gym teacher, but he's the fat guy eating the hot dog and watching boys in the shower. They brought he gets, this guy, whatever he's doing, he pull, he's pulling it off. Because this is a hard thing, like, Every time I see him, I'm just like, okay, this is wrong, but he's kind of it's funny like, looking. Like, you're an adorable pedophile. Oh, you teddy bear. And he's Big always got a nuts. hot dog he's eating. Like, <laughs> it's Taco Tuesday, and he's eating the hot dog. He's just, he's got pocket dogs. He's just oh, yes, got he one right. pocket dogs. <laughs> That guy had to mention. Um, so Slater, he warns Chrissy of the principal trying to shut down her blog, but she's going to push on anyway. And uh, during this, Lauren is putting up missing signs for her duck, and her and Chrissy sort of lock gazes on each other briefly. They, they make us take note of it. And so Taco Tuesday is on. They have the uh, non-chemically polluted guacamole. That's the reason they're green. That's what they they're saying but there's like you just see handfuls of people and like i would never grab a taco from this they're messy and just i'm like are you even grabbing are you just grabbing a shell or are you grabbing like it looks like someone said hey let's take some green clay and throw it in a taco shell and call it food we then see this nerd uh named terrence he's scarfing them down heavily as well as the Glee Club just eating the shit out of these, and they're gross trauma people with it all over their face. Uh, Lauren tries to sit with Chrissy and her friends at lunch, and then, uh, okay, so there's, while they're talking at the table, there's gunfire when she's sitting down, and Slater says, Don't worry. It's just another school shooting. CNN won't even cover them anymore. You can chill. Hmm. This movie was came out in 2013. This came out in 2013. This is pre everything you would think it is laughing about, which I guess the joke is worse now than when he made it. That's right. But before it was offensive, now it's just sad. Which that's yeah. trauma's mo. <laughs> I mean, the the tweets that got James Gunn in trouble are along these lines. It's just, it's a trauma thing. But damn, if I wasn't like felt gross hearing that joke. Yeah. Like it. Yes, it shocked me like it was supposed to. But I was like, I felt so sad. I don't know. I was, yeah. yeah, very dirty. They discuss an upcoming rave. Uh, Lauren is eating what this bully calls Jap food at the table. It's just noodles and chopsticks, but um, she's harassed by him. And she tosses her water at the guy, but it lands on Chrissy when the guy dodges, and Chrissy attacks her. And you hear a guy in the background, famous trauma background, goes, What's your uterus? <laughs> During the fight, they lock eyes, and then it gets broken up by their, I guess, their gym teacher, the female gym teacher, is a punk. Then there's a fat nerd guy with this group who shows up a lot in this movie, but I never give a shit about him. Oh, uh, no, he, no. he asks Lauren out, but she rejects him. 
I want, I want people, when you, when you say that you don't pay attention to him, I want people to imagine a young, less attractive Bruce Valanche. <laughs> about to spit my drink out. Yeah. Yes. He's annoying. Now get it out of here. Bad Santa, but bad Santa too. <laughs> Grown up. Oh. <laughs> Terrence starts to wig out from his tacos. He, he spews green out from his ears and his mouth. He begins exploding and runs outside, fully engulfed in flames. As he lies dead, his head explodes completely. Students mock, laugh, and snap photos of him for their Instagram and social media. And then, of course, the guy we just talked about hating goes, I'm waiting for MySpace to come back. Uh, the principal tells the students that it's the drama department's remake of Death of a Salesman as done by Christopher Nolan. That's not even, I would have said like <laughs> Eli Roth, like, <laughs> but they don't know. Yeah. So this, yeah, this whole thing, man, I was, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh God, if you were in this movie having to munch down tacos, that's just gross. Cause it was probably guacamole, but you're just eating a shell full of guacamole. I like guacamole, but I'm not just eating a shell just covered in guacamole. Cause there's no meat on those things. And you know, with trauma standards, it would just be cold. Yeah. Floppy, nasty, sitting out all day guacamole. And it was probably it, shells brought from the grocery store and not heated up or crispened. Or they're oh, just no. like, still like, I haven't heated these up. It's gross. And I just felt, I was like, oh, God. I was wanting to throw up just watching them eat those. And I watched gross shit, but that was getting to me. I was like, I was just, because I all of a sudden my mind went to, imagine being in that, having to do 20 takes of watching you eat those. Ugh. The Glee Club. <laughs> Think about them. So that's another thing they took from Susan uh, Tosti, Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday, yeah. Uh, huh? That's two things from Susan Tosti. All connected. Uh, there will be more. Must be a Tromaville law. You dance yes. with mops, and it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> the guy's burning body with uh, the obviously fake head mm -hmm. when Terrence is running. Oh my god, that's fantastic. That was good. It looked, and it, so they and put like one of those like screaming baby heads and put a wig on top of it. But the but the fire looks good. He's yeah. Probably and the on fire. head looks awesome. Like all the prosthetics and stuff to make his his face and head come apart are cool. But hey, Lloyd, this is in the VHS era. You're in HD. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I get away with it. Later in detention, Lauren confronts Chrissy as why she's bullying her, and Chrissy says she doesn't like her because she's rich. And then Lauren reveals to her through some way that she wants to have babies, and lots of them. And then when the teacher threatens to punish Chrissy for talking, Lauren takes the heat, and it impresses Chrissy. It's like, so, like, I felt like between like their, their relationship, I was like, okay, so you like each other? Or what? Like, hey, like the it whole... pays off. Uh, <laughs> it, it, no, it, no it, it, does, it does pay off, but... I don't know if it's just the Midwestern man in me or something, but like I'm just so clueless. Like, so are they both gay for each other, or one of them is, or I think what? I think, I, well, I think Lauren is, and Chrissy is discovering that about herself. Oh, okay. Or Lauren's, or Chrissy's in denial about it because she's with Eugene, but it's just not working. And then with this assembly for the kid who died. She's sitting there like, yeah, it's hot guys, or I like, the, you know, like in denial as she's staring at Lauren down the aisle. Um, so I think she's either just learning about it herself or she's been in denial. And then Lauren's the one who, because Lauren seems to know a lot. We'll get to a scene later where 
they discuss coming out about it. And Lauren's like, you know, I've been through this and I know this town. I ain't fucking doing this. Cause Christy's excited that she's accepted herself. And why am I getting mm. this deep on a fucking trauma movie? Um, <laughs> she's excited. Because it, has the, because it has that kind of potential. Right. So she, she's excited about it. And she's, cause she's like, I want to tell everybody. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm like, cause she's excited about herself. But then Lauren's like, you know, been through it before. It's like, no, not in this town. No. But anyways, backtracking to the assembly so the principal says that the food causing terrence death it didn't cause it and he's removed i was something he had some sort of thing (laughs) i don't know it was bullshit it was bullshit about terrence didn't die because of the tacos basically or he had an allergy or something it was crap made up so no one would ask hey why hasn't anyone called the police right if i saw someone's head explode I think I'd call the police. You might. So to eulogize Terrence, the Glee Club comes out to do a song, but during their performance of Amazing Grace, they begin to mutate and become the Cretans and begin tearing the place up as students run for their lives, which, hey, it's nice to see these people back. And they look fucking cool and scary, kind of. In a weird way, they pull this off pretty well. Uh, I would say that the, the Cretans are the best part of mm-hmm. this movie and uh, it was neat it was an update because they incorporated like glee into yes. it yes yes it's so, scary that they come singing these songs as they're doing horrible things it, i have to give lloyd kaufman credit it's brilliant and works like it's creepy and effective what well, they're doing. and it's funny because they are using public domain songs clearly yeah. but they're not singing it like how Glee would, where it's like, eh, it's modern and cool and all that shit. Like, no, it's like a Glee club, where it sounds yeah. like that old style of singing. It's fantastic. It's like yeah. barbershop quartets. Yes, basically. yeah, it's yeah. very much like mm-hmm. that, yeah. And they have the kid in the wheelchair. It's not that, That's not funny, but just like on Glee. <laughs> just like on Glee, yeah, right. And his wheelchair does, you know, logically mutate. Right, yes. Yeah. I like uh, they explain stuff. Like, don't question it. It makes sense in trauma. It's like, okay, thank you for saying that, basically. It's great. And I'll accept it. <laughs> He's like, oh, wow, I can walk again. Like, no, no, still crippled. <laughs> that was that was a funny joke. That was, a yeah. Good joke. Good job, movie. We then get a montage of these Cretans causing havoc, which does include the famous trauma car flip. <laughs> they, they're getting that car chase and they're using they're using like footage stretched like why where's the film stock of this or like what apparently, apparently it was shot in four by three or, or something some, i don't know i don't know but they, they do that they they chase these people and then they they shoot you get a kind of a look at the car and you're like oh here it comes i saw like green car come around the corner like like, oh man, here it is. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it wasn't even the car that blows up. It was just a green car that turned yeah. the corner, like, wait a minute. Is yeah. this uh, is it happening? And then I love that they, they make a joke on it because they land and goes, I can't believe we landed perfectly straight like this. And then it blows up. <laughs> I love it. Like, well, like anytime we'll see it, we will talk about it, but just. How it just like falls down, and you see that cr- the wheels spin like crazy in the yeah. back. It's insane. It's like, an incredible stunt. <laughs> it really is. It's a there's a reason it's in almost every movie <laughs> after yeah. Kabuki Man. They also during this time they kill Miss Crabtree and her dog. 
by mm. singing viol thing, you know, singing during it. And then uh, as they go to leave her, we get... Let's go shoot up a movie theater. Yeah! <laughs> Which, guess what? This is only coming... This is probably shot... I mean, this movie came out in 2013, and uh, it was shot definitely after the uh, Dark Knight Rises incident in Colorado. Yeah, that's 2012. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were shooting this movie in 2012 and uh. some of 2013. So, it was, uh, yeah. As, so they uh, made that joke, like, just, like, really close to when it happened is what you're saying. Yeah. And even coming out, like, within a year of that. and And the fact that you are part of the the film industry and making that that like i know like they're they're bad people need to do shitty things but at the same time it's just like uh, uh, right. that's just we're on the same side i don't like it but uh, uh, i mean i i mean i'm not going to turn the movie off because of it but i'm just like it just ugh, a twist in the stomach not like i'm not for me someone likes stuff that just gets a reaction like that out of people. That's fine. You're into like humor. Like that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, we just, we just saw the fakest dog thrown over a railing. I like (laughs) the thing better. (laughs) They showed the dog go splat, but they didn't show her. They just throw her over. And then the dog, they created like a CG dog landing on like, Just to show the Look dog at, goes splat. And it's a shitty one, too. It was like something they made like an afternoon. Right. <laughs> slapped against the rocks. Like that. And then it's like, all right, shoot up a school. Like, whoa. That is a that's a shift. A lot of offensive in two seconds. We then see Kevin the Duck watch the whole thing, and he chows down on nuclear waste. Uh, Lauren finds Kevin as the Cretans return and duck rape her. Yeah, so we keep going. <laughs> further in this moment and duck rape means shoving kevin's head into her mouth kevin the duck kevin the duck and head means the one with his beak so she's got it stuck and she goes around trying to find help to remove it from but everyone from judah friedlander to the hospital can't help her with her problem yeah the hospital even they turned her down because it was like Wrong med- medical or wrong insurance or I don't know. It was something like that. But still, it was just, wow, that went on for a while, didn't it, folks? Yeah. And Judah, Judah turned her down twice <laughs> in front of Troma Studios. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Chrissy then finds Lauren on the street and uh, helps takes her home to help remove Kevin at her house. They both talk about going to the party that night. So they both go to the party together. And Eugene texts Chrissy to break up with her as Toxie cameos dancing in the background. So he's made it into three of these movies. Lauren then spews some green stuff out, and her and Chrissy go dance to the song Gonna Kill Myself Tonight. We see the poster for the movie Blood Hook in the background, which I thought was neat. Directed by Jim Mallon, one of the producers of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Featuring key grip Kevin Murphy. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Forgot that. Yes. Uh, Tom Servo himself was the 
the key grip on. So oh, I appreciate uh, you guys for knowing all this random details because uh, no one else would know and you give us knowledge. Lauren's eyes light up green and her and Christy go to a back room and boy, oh boy, do they fuck. <laughs> right in uh, front of a Toxic Avenger poster and, yes. and a nasty, dirty mattress. And Lauren coughs up some duck hair first before they get it going. But um, right. then they're, they're, during this, they're also like spewing green goo into each other's mouths. Sick. But yeah, this this is like that sex scene in the first one where they're at that party at that fraternity house and they went upstairs to bone. And this is kind of similar to that. Um, you know, like when this happens, like, oh, I guess they really are going for the remake thing. Like they kind mm-hmm. of like like do like things here and there. I thought those are just kind of like homages or whatever. But then this happens like, oh, no, this is just. Wow, they're really going for it. Like, okay, well, good for them. Yeah, man, this this like this is like wow. It goes on for a while. There's lots of touching, humping, moaning. Just I'll say the breasts were much better in this movie than in past '90s yeah. 80s trauma movies, though. So good for you, ladies. It, it helps they, that they're they're attractive ladies. Good boobs. They, they, they didn't have your uh, mortal enemies known as the puffy nips. Right. Yeah. <laughs> During this time, Eugene shows up at the party and like no one cares, but he does wind up fucking a transvestite, and he goes, "Eugene is confused." <laughs> I, I saw this happen. Like, why are we watching? Who cares? Yeah. And they show Eugene. penis. They show penis with it, and he's just like holding it. Like, I don't know what to do. This keeps going. Like, what? I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. it, and also, hey. How is everyone just cool with this happening around them? Like, whoa, what the fuck? Post-coitus, uh, the girls discuss coming out, like I'd mentioned before. Lauren remains that Troma is not a town to do that in. And then she, like, Chrissy picks up a piece of broccoli and she goes, I used to smoke after sex. Now I broccoli. I used to smoke after sex, but now I broccoli. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. I, did you? I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> It is stupid. Yeah, it's like it's not like it's bad, but is it good? Like it's just you look at like, well, uh, all right, (laughs) let's keep going. So then the Cretans show up and fuck the house up and burn it to the ground. Everyone evacuates that night. uh, Lauren dreams of a demented, green-eyed Kevin, Chrissy, and then the Cretans as Chrissy dreams of boning Lauren. Uh, Lauren gets pregnant, and then Chrissy grows a gigantic penis. Uh, at the Cretan hi- uh, hideout with the song Heroin playing, which, listen to that song, you're like, the fuck? Give me some of that heroin, some of that cocaine. Heroin, heroin, and cocaine. Heroin, heroin, and cocaine. Chrissy and Lauren show up there, and they look kind of Cretan-ish on their own, and they beat up the wheelchair Cretan with the big dick, and they stomp on him, and then Lauren rips her top off and sprays toxic breast milk at the Cretans. And uh, then the, the cops show up to break things up, but the Cretans kill them. And then they go on a hunt looking for Lauren and Chrissy. Like, this scene was just, oh, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was just like... I, it things. felt like we got somewhere really fast. Yeah, no shit. And also, apparently uh, her penis is hungry. That was weird, right? Where its tip just opened up and ate someone's heart. That happened yeah. in the... Like, I didn't imagine that, right? I had to like rewind. I go, what just happened? Her, yeah, it looks like she's carrying around a stuffed animal from the fairy. You know, when you win an oversized animal <laughs> and you can carry it around the rest of the night, she's literally carrying around this obnoxiously sized penis that sometimes 
she forgets to press against her and you can tell that she's just holding it like it's not even strapped to her somehow i feel like like something it, it's like it's like cinemax dick sometimes it's <laughs> where it's supposed to be sometimes it's at the belly button <laughs> It is it is enormous though, and like when they showed in this one, you know that it's like in the other one where like you see this big like kind of like phallic thing rise in the bed, like you don't see the blanket come off on that one, but you see it in this one. And I thought like shit, they went for it, and then she continues to walk around for like fuck, they really went for it. In a moment that I'm sure Jessica cheered, Cigar Face returns. I was so excited. Crossing over and and all as well as the cast of Newcom High two and three. <laughs> sitting Party. around him at a table <laughs> but apparently they're they're actual characters because uh, what's her name is that giant beehive haircut yeah Leslie, Leslie right. there. Brick Bronsky's there uh, Victoria's yeah. there <laughs> what's great about Brick Bronsky is Troma does what apparently everyone else has done giving him no dialogue even they're like alright fun's fun but no he's just better there. haircut maybe his best haircut Yes, it looks like a human being's haircut. I wonder if he still has that boyish sound in his voice. <laughs> so they are all charged by Hertzkoff to kill all women with giant penises. And then the president lets Hertzkoff know he's on his way. But you know what? They apparently couldn't film Lemmy, Lemmy doing this. So it's all like Lloyd just being like, huh? Yeah, okay. True trauma style. Chrissy and Lauren discuss their sexing the previous night and ask about strange dreams they had, meaning their hijinks from the previous night. And uh, we could be lesbianic Jacqueline Hyde, they say. And we are seeing that many fellow students are being held in cages and slaughtered via some cell phone video. I didn't understand this. That's been funny. I guess. <laughs> well, those are the missing students. Okay. Like, I don't think we've even mentioned that, that there are missing students. Yeah. See, like, posters of them around right. but they mention them a little bit but just barely and now the cretans show up at school and sing pop goes the weasel chrissy and lauren get caught kissing by that fat nerd that we don't like filming it with his phone and a teacher in school introduces the giant laser from the original newcomb high and he doesn't think it still works and then blasts himself in the eye with it in the gym while the girls are quote-unquote working those thumbs with my favorite guy the gym teacher. <laughs> Lauren gets a stomach ache and goes to the locker room. Chrissy then fights the female Cretan girl in her class. And then the girl, she winds up spitting waste on the professor, which melts his other eye. And then Lauren is in the shower and begins bleeding both red and green from her crotch as we fade away to, to be continued. Because this is just where you leave it off. <laughs> That's Thanks not a cliffhanger. No, at least they didn't make it a four-hour movie. That's Good true. for them. This movie's an hour 25, 26. It ends at like the 118 mark, and then just credits. So I was like, you know what? Fine. There's so, there's so much credits to this. Like, I couldn't believe that Like, you barely qualify as a movie. Why don't you just... like You don't have to make it long, but there's certainly crap you could take out of this. Probably. I Come on. Yeah. I, I know you could speed it up. Take out some of that duck scene, trim down your lesbian love scene, and take out some of those character introductions. After the eight-minute mark, take them all out. They're not right. funny after that. Yeah. Right. So that's, yeah, that's it. We're, we're left on a cliffhanger as to well, it's, it's so what weird. happens. Like it, it, ends, it ends like Carrie. Like, well, it, it ends like Act 
one of Carrie, right? Right. Yeah. Isn't yeah. That's that what weird? it is. It's, it's not like, like we know what happened to her. We know what she does at night. Like this isn't like, ooh, what's something? What what's going on with Lauren's veg? What's going on? No, we know. And and it's just like, oh, you just cut the movie off. That's all this is. Like Newcomb High cliffhangers fucking blow. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. They blow because part two. Well, part two had somewhat of a cliffhanger, but by part three, we realized it was bullshit. So it, that one, in retrospective, doesn't work. It sucks. Then part three promised a part four that doesn't happen. And now we got just, let's just stop the movie here and we'll pick up with the next one. That's all it is. I know. You would think after all this time, they would have learned their. Uh, I, I will. I wouldn't get into that, but it's just amazing. It, it really was just like flicking a switch, like, eh, it's over now. Like, yeah. no, like that scene of her in the shower it feels like, like okay something's starting to build here and then up oh, forget it man well i feel like we know what happens because we saw the original class of newcomb yeah. high that they're following the same formula but i wonder Maybe if it's okay. gonna like the dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but i wonder if they're gonna combine like two and three and have that duck be tromy instead of it being like a giant squirrel it's like a giant duck for some mm-hmm. reason and interesting <laughs> Yeah, and also maybe, I don't know, that monster at the beginning of the movie that bit his dick off? Oh, I don't yeah, it know. never comes back. What happened to it? That seems like a bit of a, a you know, Chekhov's dick-biting monster. I don't know. If it has the ability to chomp up sex organs and then make you melt. Will that thing end up being the monster that was in the first one? That's kind of mm. what I... Yeah, kind of suspected. Maybe that's what maybe that's what was going on. But at Nukem mm-hmm. Basement, yeah, it's clear that the filmmakers don't know what's going on. Now comes a point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means you are just a normal Joe, just, you know, doing your thing. And Newcomb High, you packed your lunch. You packed your lunch. You don't do Taco Tuesday. You're good. Converted, which means to be continued because we just stop things in the middle of places, not when it's really... (laughs) Next time on Cult Cinema Cavalcade. No, just kidding. Converted. You know what converted means. You're solid. Or or during the Kool-Aid, which is also Taco Tuesday, you are slopping down those tacos. So, Jessica, how do you rate Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1? I like the vibe of it. I like how it still feels old, but it's new. And since you've already probably watched the first three, I'm assuming, I'll say I'm converted. Because it's it's short and quick. It's to the point. There's a lot going on. It doesn't have to necessarily make sense sometimes. But no, I think if you've already gotten this far into it, especially after two and three, it's not so bad. And now I actually want to watch the next ones. And there's some lesbian lovers in there. You know, how romantic. Even though she queefed in her mouth. What was it? Lauren queefed in Chrissy's mouth? <laughs> yes. Good for them. <laughs> love is love and whatnot, I guess. There you go. Put down the uh, Splooge magazine and watch Nukem High Volume 1. Yeah. Some converted. Cullen. 
Strom, it's time for some uh, tough love. You've been making movies for, what, over 40 years now? Why can't you understand a basic three-story structure? I don't understand why you don't understand that. You should know how to do this. James Gunn wrote fucking movies for you. If you can't figure it out with him writing for you, fuck you people. Holy hell, why can't you just finish a fucking movie? Amazing. 40 years! How can you not figure this shit out? God damn. Here's a fact. Your movie was a Kickstarter because all the people with money won't give money to you because you burned too many fucking bridges. Get it together for Christ's sakes. With that being said, I wasn't bored when I watched the movie. It wasn't too long. There wasn't that much exposition, more than normal. So I guess I'm converted. Brandon, how do you write this thing they call a movie? This movie, I think, feels a lot better after sitting through two and three and just jump right in. Like, I was refreshed right away. Well, you get a friendly face, Stan Lee. You recapped it in two minutes. There's no voiceover narration. There was stuff I genuinely thought was funny. I, I think some of it, you know, it's got it's still got good effects. It's still stupid. It still has trauma problems. I, th- I think that the lead actresses are quite easy on the eyes to watch go through this movie. They're stupid, annoying characters. That's kind of Troma's thing, though, right? Like, stupid characters that you're just like, ugh! Like, I guess you want to give a bunch of them the finger. I like the Cretans. They were cool. The singing, that was clever as hell. That's better than this movie deserves. Like, that's a sign of, like, some, you have something there. That's really cool. It's it's really, it's poorly constructed, as Colin said. That, that's no doubt. But I'm, gonna, I, I'm converted. Like, this, I mean, you could leapfrog after the first one and come to this. Be fine. It feels like it's at home with Nukem High 1 more than the the. The, first, the second and third one, it's quick. I have my problems with it, but overall, it's it's a breeze to watch and enjoyable enough. Like I, I would say, converted. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't think the folks at Troma understand how butts work. Uh, all right, L- listen up, folks. You mean Any... fart machines? <laughs> no, no, you're Fle- the... flesh fart machines. Stop a- trying to apply for Troma, okay? I know that's on. Un- that has to be on the application. How do you think farts work? But every time you see a butt, a fart doesn't have to come out of it. It's amazing. Hey, remember in Lethal Weapon when you saw that racist Mel Gibson's butt? It was fine. He didn't fart. He was thinking about how much juice. We're not going to get into that joke right now. You know he's a bad person. So, but the fact is, butts don't fart all the time. I'm just, hey, quick question. And you guys farting right now? Is it happening? I'm not going to tell you if I am. No. Okay, two out of three confirmed, not farting. Butts don't have to fart all the time. It's it's remarkable. You know what? Butts also do fart silently, too. Mm. Sure do. And in public, people don't just let them rip. (laughs) Not like that. No, sir. Not to the point where it sounds like someone's putting a mic up to someone's butthole to perfectly mic the air (laughs) that escapes from them. No. If your bottom makes that kind of sound to where someone in a crowded area can audibly hear your butt, see a doctor. It shouldn't be that loud. Something's happening back there. How much do you love Kevin the Duck? I love Kevin the Duck, by the way. <laughs> he harmonizes with the Gleetons mm-hmm. and everything, he, and, which I'm sure is what that's Kaufman probably. And then she talks to her, the duck. Like, it's so funny. I like the duck scenes. That's all. 
So what you're saying is someone's getting a duck for their birthday. Right. This Mr. movie's got it all. It's got it's got duck duck scenes and fuck scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and duck fuck scenes. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh. Non-consensual. Oh. Return oh. the Nukem High Volume One. Ducking and fucking. How do they just go back to being pet and owner after that? I don't know. <laughs> I know where you've been. <laughs> okay, see you tonight. Right, bye-bye. Hi, you can change your life by calling the newest party line in town. Pick up the phone, dial 1-900-456-TALK. Say goodbye to boredom, say hello to excitement, love, and laughter. Go ahead, dial 1-900-456-TALK. Remember, if you're tired of the single scene, call one 900 456 talk. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we will wrap up Trome with Return to Return to Newcomb High, aka Volume 2 from 2017. That'll be the, the capper on this year's Trome. I, th- I think Jessica, we, we can get you for one more, right? You're gonna you're gonna hold strong. I think we got duck action. Oh yeah, I'll be there. All right. So... Right ducking out. <laughs> so uh <laughs> So listen next week for Jessica Altman in Return to Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2, special guest Cult Cinema Cavalcade. We thank you all for listening. Keep it up. Uh, it's been fun. These trauma episodes tend to get uh, good feedback and people like them, but we won't be doing trauma like every episode year round because we do like to have a break from trauma, which I don't know. Did we mention Endgame was trauma, Cullen? Did we? Oh, yeah, I forgot. The... That was actually a trauma. Did, but... It was probably a trauma acquisition more than anything but we we've been in trauma like all but no we've been in trouble this whole way through so yeah that, that's that's pretty fun so uh yeah we look forward to next time but first stay tuned for the trailer to return to return to newcomb high aka volume two the trailer actually trails a great darkness is settling over traumaville High school, just like the one you attended. The student body, young, fresh-faced teenagers in a small town. A crazed foodstuffs mogul with a nefarious plot that will enslave all citizens of Tromaville and the world. What price immortality? Will they survive? Tell them I love my little Rachel Maddox. Return to Newcomb High, Volume 2. Coming soon. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. 
Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. What's going on?